Hello everyone and welcome to Cody's Car Conundrum. I'm your host, Cody Wagner. Here we'll discuss everything related to the wide world of automobiles, including culture, news, games, interviews, and events. Without further ado, let's get on with the show. Hey, hey, hey everyone, welcome! We are back once again. I'm in a... Not to say I was in a bad mood before, but I'm in quite a good mood right now. Uh, I just got, just did some stuff, did some writing stuff. So yeah, I did pretty good. I'm pretty happy. So, or pretty happy with that, although I'm not done. But anyway, you don't want to hear about that. You want to hear about other things. So, Mustang GT gets supercharged to 700 horsepower by Ford Performance and Roush. HSV bringing RH... Sorry, right-hand drive, 2019 Camaro ZL1 and 2SS down under. Confirmed, Lamborghini Aventador SVJ Roadster to debut in Geneva. BMW is allegedly working on an M2 Track Cup with 470 horsepower. Nice. Is that is it going to be like an M2 GT4 kind of deal or, or what? All-new Peugeot 2008 could look like a bigger and more rugged 208. 2020 Opel Insignia to get sharper front end and maybe some PSA engines as well. Honda HRV Sport launched in the UK and costs CRV money, which means it's not worth it. Simple as that. Koenigsegg's base model <laughs> will be a V8 hybrid and priced between 680 and 910,000. Just, just under the million mark, and that's their base model. Good grief. What does it even matter anymore? Just what's what's base anymore? What's What's definitions anymore? I mean, I guess it would be their base model for the range, but that's anything but base. Kia and Hyundai recalling 533,000 vehicles over fire issues. Celizone, or Celizone, sorry. Lamborghini is the brand's certified pre-owned sales program. Lyft and Uber offering generous discounts before going public. BMW X5 filmed rolling with M8 convertible in Sweden. Rivian is testing its skateboard architecture under the bodies of Ford F-150s. I, I kind of wonder why Ford F-150s. I mean, maybe they worked, but I'm just, I'm just curious of all, of all the trucks, why did they go for that? Has Chevrolet pushed back production of the C8 Corvette to December? Rolls-Royce holding back EV until tech and infrastructure improve. Or sorry, holding back. Holding back on EV until... Smart, but the only downside is that they might be a little bit late. But they're Rolls-Royce, so it's not really going to matter. I mean, unless Mercedes, BMW, Audi, and Bentley beat them. Especially Bentley beat them to the punch, then yeah. Ken Block is getting ready to hoon at new Ford Escort Cosworth. Tata Motors denies reporting. Sorry, denies report, claiming it could sell. Oh, they're, it's denying the report that they might sell Jaguar and Land Rover. Yeah, that's not surprising. Renault says it has already hit its 2019 F1 engine targets. Porsche to keep selling petrol mechanic alongside 2020 EV-only successor. 2019 Mercedes-Benz CLA now available for order in Europe. Velocity Restorations 1969 Ford Bronco is supercharged V8 perfection. Nissan Leaf Plus offers 226 miles of range for $36,550. That's getting up there, but I suppose it could be worse. Next Jaguar XJ to become an 800 horsepower EV? I doubt it'll go that far. But I would, I'd say, expect an EV to come at some point, and I don't know, maybe it'd be a mid-model or something. 2019 Subaru Crosstrek Fev handicapped by some serious draw drawbacks. 
most important of which is that it's a raised Impreza hatchback and doesn't need to be called the cross truck. Although that's just a personal opinion I have. Tesla will close many of its stores and switch to online sales. And considering that they sell cars and not handbags, I think that's the worst idea possible. Or at the very least, um, it's not a good idea. Maybe not the worst idea possible, but not a very good idea. For Torino, Torino Custom gains 2-liter EcoBlue diesels with optional mild hybrid. Audi Q4 e-tron electric sports crossover concept teased and will debut on the 5th of March, which is two days from now. Citroen built the Space Tour all-wheel drive camper just to show off their new bicycle. 2020 Bentley Flying Sport loses padded camo, wears production lights. Honda will keep building the Civic in North America despite European factory closures. Geely GE11 Global EV officially previewed, reveals high-tech interior. Ferrari to follow up with... This is a spoiler, with four other new models in 2019. Aston Martin Valkyrie confirmed to have 1,160 horsepower and 900 newton meters of torque. And if you don't know what a newton meter is or what 900 newton meters is equivalent to, I think it's probably going to be somewhere between 730 and 780 pound-feet of torque. I'm not suspecting 800, but may somewhere around... Again, 730 to 7, 780. Toyota GR Super allocation sold out for 2019 in Europe. 2019 Mercedes Vito gains OM654 diesel from passenger car range and 9G Tronic transmission. 2020 VW Golf Mark 8 insists on camo despite being caught completely undisguised anyway. It's, that's, that's Volkswagen trying to do damage control. That's, that's what that is. Apparently, it's going to enter the Mark 8 Golf is going to enter production in in June. Yet is going to yet they say it also could debut at the Frankfurt Motor Show in December or sorry in September. Well, what? Uh, okay, I don't get that. Anyway, BMW and Daimler join forces again to develop autonomous driving tech. McLaren F1 designer helps improve Dendrobium's. Wow, I can't believe I got that right. Dendrobium's 1,800 horsepower electric hypercar. Mid-range 12,710 pound Toyota Igo X-Trend launches in the UK and basically you're spending, I don't know, fit between 15 and 17,000 for a kind of weird looking special edition Igo. Brabus Ultimate E-Shadow Edition is a six, is a 64,000. 900, I'm assuming, Euro Smart for 2 EQ. Apparently, it's limited to 28 units. It could be limited to 2, and no one would buy it. That's worse than when Aston Martin rebadged the Smart for 2 and called... Was it? No, that's worse than when Aston Martin rebadged the Toyota IQ and called it the Signet. That's worse. That's worse than that. Good grief. No. No, 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 and no. Toyota GR Super GT4 Concept shows upcoming customer race car. Seat Elborn Concept is a thinly disguised production EV coming next year. Lexus details Europe's UX subcompact SUV in massive gallery. Next-gen Seat Leon to use golf platform and hybrid powertrains. Tesla Model 3 hits highway divider but continues driving anyway. <laughs> They must not have known. Anyway, I'm actually going to cut it here. I will see you all after the break. Are you uninsured or underinsured? Can't afford the high premiums of health insurance? 
Would you like to save money on your out-of-pocket cost for dental and medical bills? If you answered yes to any of these questions, request more information at http colon slash slash www.ownyourhealthcare.com slash alternative dash healthcare dash solutions or call Dr. Taffy at 303-576-0670. Our plans are available in 42 states. We are back. A 1969 Ford Mustang Mach 1 was sitting in a garage for 39 years. 39! I mean, that that's one of those things that makes me beg the question, did they forget the owner? And if they did forget, how? I want to know how you forget you have a Mach 1 that looks like it's off the showroom floor for 39 years. One of two Hispano Souza brands in Geneva teases Carmen, a 1,005 horsepower EV. Smart for ease plus concept is a tiny, funky speedster for the city. <laughs> Look at me, I'm a city slicker. No, it can't be that fast. Audi confirms three production e-trons by 2020, says it will only show electrified cars in Geneva. Tesla has finally launched the $35,000 base model three, uh, model three. The only downside is it has 200, it has a 220 mile range. Italian design Da Vinci concept brings going doors to Geneva. Jaguar committed to coupes. However, they might go electric. 2020 Ford Bronco Mule, Mole, whatever, possibly spied. Looks pretty hardcore and looks sprint. Looks pretty hardcore and uh, chucked together to me. They just you know hack and slashed a bunch a bunch of bits together and then school glued it all together. New Seat Elborn from VW's ID Hatch is a near-production EV study. Canadian authorities find eight, sorry, find 400 pounds of meth smuggled through new Fords built in Mexico, and you want to know how they did it. Okay, this is an image of a tire, okay, with the rim taken out, and where the rim would normally be is 400, or, or is back, I don't know if it's 400 pounds, but it's a, a wide array of me, of meth in bags in the wheel you know so basically the rim would hide the meth and i suppose secure it so the the tire doesn't have air it has meth it's a meth filled tire good grief newly born jetta brand to make spy debut with vs5 compact suv oh yeah by the way um the jetta is now its own Thing. So you have VW and Jetta, rather than the Volkswagen Jetta, Jetta is its own brand. Like uh, like DS is the Citroen. Except C DS makes a little bit more sense, Jetta makes absolutely no sense. China's tech rules ready to put EV turbines into production. Honda's management needed a lot of convincing to greenlight the E, the e prototype. Opal returns healthy profit after 20 years of losses with GM. Wherever it is, yeah, we have a recall that I need to get into. Kia and Hyundai are recalling more than half a million vehicles in the United States due to engine fire risks. Auto News reports that the two automakers are recalling 378,000 examples of the 2016 of the 2012 to 2016 Kia Soul and 155,000 2011 to 2013 Tuscan and 2011 to 2012 Sportage vehicles. Separate recall campaigns have been issued for each model. 
according to the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration, or the NHTSA. The Kia Soul with the 1.6 liter engines can experience high exhaust gas temperatures, which allows part which allows particles to enter the combustion chamber and create abnormal engine combustion. If this abnormal combustion continues, the piston's connecting rods could cause the engine block to fracture and leak oil, thus increasing the risk of a vehicle fire. The fix to f the fix the issue. <laughs> okay, that's a typo in this article. To fix the issue. Kia technicians will upgrade the related ECU software and the catalytic converter will be replaced if it shows signs of damage, and the same stands for the engine. The Tucson and Sportage are... Tucson? Tuscan, I guess. And Sportage are... Be yeah, because that's not the Tucson. Anyway, the Tuscan and Sportage are being recalled due to potential engine oil pan leakage triggered by insufficient sealing during assembly. If the car is driven for extended periods of time with the oil pan leaking, the vehicle's engine could be damaged and the possibility of a fire is of a fire risk is increased. The automakers haven't detailed how they will fix this issue, but it will most likely involve replacing or resealing the oil pan. Moreover, Kia and Hyundai will roll out software upgrade, upgrades for 3.7 million vehicles not being recalled in an attempt to protect them from the engine from sorry, from engine damage, not from the engine damage. And will also offer new extended warranties for engine issues. Surprised we haven't come across the. Let me see. Yeah, we haven't come across it yet. I'll, I'll have to get into that soon, and you guys won't. Why phone? Why? Nothing important. So why did you? Why did you just interrupt me podcasting anyway? Uh, yeah, we'll get into that very very soon. BMW i4 getting ready to battle the Model 3 and Polestar 2. Yep, that's right. There is a new Polestar model. Which we'll also be reading. I just gotta find. There we go. I gotta find the original article. Let's see. And obviously, not very much. Alrighty. I actually kind of wanted to get. I kind of wanted to get into that Ford Performance and Roush article as well. Roush and Ford Performance have teamed up to develop a bespoke supercharger kit for the 2018 to 2019 Ford Mustang GTs that pump out GT500 rivaling supposedly levels of power. The supercharger kit, dubbed the R2, the R2650, not a brilliant name, can be ordered through either Roush or Ford Performance, and it is street legal for all 50 states in the U.S. What's more, it comes with a three-year, 36,000, 58,000 kilometer warranty, or sorry, kilometer, kilometer warranty, and at 7,000, they put the stuff in the wrong place, they, they put the... It's, it's, and at $7,699 is very reasonably priced. Okay, they put the, the comma in front of the seven. So it's, it looks like 7,600, which is the same thing, but still, it's a small typo. Ford and Roush developed the supercharger kit to work exclusively with the Mustang's five liter naturally aspirated V8. In standard guise, this engine pumps out 535 horsepower and 500, and sorry, not 500, 435 horsepower and 400 pound-feet of torque, which is enough for most people. But for those who crave Shelby GT500 levels of performance, this supercharger kit is the perfect solution, if you can't or won't stretch to the Shelby. The supercharger offers 2.65 liters of positive display displacement and runs at 12 PSI. Consequently, it delivers an impressive 700 horsepower and 610 pound-feet of torque. Numbers once reserved for very expensive and exclusive supercars. To keep the engine and supercharger cool, an all-aluminum all intercooler and full-face radiator have been developed alongside high-capacity Degas bottles, whatever those are, and a separate res reservoir. 
According to Roush, the R2650 supercharger has spent hundreds of hours on the dyno and seen more than 17 million wide-open throttle cycles while consistently delivering in excess of 700 horsepower. The kit has been developed for both manual and automatic equipped 2018 to 2019 Mustang GTs and comes with all the hardware for, in for, installa for installation. However, it must be installed by a Ford dealer or an Automotive Service Excellence Certified Technician, or else the warranty is void. Maserati's main Gen Geneva debut is the Levante Trofeo Launch Edition. Where was I? Oh, yeah, we were at that Ford article. Yep, so, you know, cool. Unfortunately, we're going to have to take a small break here. I will see you all after the said break, and, you know, once we get onto the third part, I will be talking about that Polestar 2, so stay tuned for that. Are you uninsured or underinsured? Can't afford the high premiums of health insurance? Would you like to save money on your out-of-pocket cost for dental and medical bills? If you answered yes to any of these questions, request more information at http colon slash slash www.ownyourhealthcare.com slash alternative dash healthcare dash solutions or call Dr. Taffy at 303-576-0670. Our plans are available in 42 states. Alrighty everyone, time to get onto that Polestar. Polestar finally went official with the two. That's not great. Not great name strategy, Polestar. Or naming strategy, but anyway. The brand's all-electric compact fastback. Compact fastback. That, wow, that's weird to say. And perhaps the world's first true rival to the Tesla Model 3. The all-electric 2020 Polestar 2 will launch featuring two electric motors with a combined output of 402 horsepower and 487 pound-feet of torque. A 78-kilowatt battery pack for markets outside China and a targeted range of 275 miles EPA or 500 kilometers WLTP, whatever the WLTP is, depending on which side of the pond you live in. Polestar is also targeting a starting price of 39,900 euros, around 45k in current exchange rates in Germany, but for the first 12 months of production, they will only offer a launch edition, which will be priced at 59,900 euros in Germany and 63,000 in the USA. That is way too much, not including any government incentives. As expected, the new Polestar 2 is based on Volvo's CMA platform, which is also used on vehicles like the XC40 Compact SUV and the Lincoln Co. 01. Polestar claims that the floor-mounted battery pack increases the chassis' rigidity and reduces road noise by 3.7 decibels when compared to a normal ICE-powered chassis. Polestar will also offer an optional performance package that improves handling by adding Olin's dampers, Brembo brakes, Brembo... <laughs> Man, I'm messing up way too much. Brembo brakes and unique 20-inch forged wheels. The package also includes gold seat belt. Gold seat belts. My gosh. You see, the only way the Cadillac Escalade could be more cemented in rap culture is if it had gold seat belts. That's the one thing they were missing. Gold seat belts, gold wheels, and gold trim. That's the only thing they were missing. And this Polestar did it before Cadillac. Gold seat belts. Look, I like gold as much as the next guy. I like the Subaru WRX's, WRX STI's gold rims. 
In fact, on Horizon 4, I have a Viper with goldish. It's they're more like bronze, but still, you know, looking rims. But gold seatbelts, how pretentious is that? <laughs> Good grief. It's kind of it's you know, it's kind of like having red seat, you know, anything but black. And I'll be honest, I kind of like red seat. I kind of like red seatbelt, you know, because you could get red seatbelts when the Viper 101 concierge sir, uh, service thing was around. Service. Did they call it a service? Program. When that program was around. And I, and I like the idea, especially because, you know, black seatbelts are kind of boring and having red with the red matching interior I thought was cool. But then, you know, once again, if you wear purple or anything really weird, it just clashes so bad. I mean, to be fair, if you go all out with a red interior wearing purple like your Barney, the dinosaur is going to, that's already going to clash pretty bad. But gold seatbelts? I guess, you know, colored seatbelts, they are kind of pretentious. Colored seatbelts are kind of pretentious, but it doesn't, it's not just the seatbelts, it's the brake calipers, which is fine, which I'm fine with that, and the valve caps. The valve caps. How anal do you have to be to say, oh yeah, you know what, the brake calipers aren't enough, and the, and the seatbelts aren't enough. We need to do the valve caps. Something no one's going to see unless you're stopped. And, and no one's really... Again, I like attention to detail as much as the next guy. Maybe more so. Don't get me wrong, but when, when it's valve caps like that, it's, I, I just... I can't help but think, who are you trying to impress? People... Look, I don't know if an S-Class has colored valve caps, but the people who buy S-Classes couldn't give Granny Smith's apples about whether the valve caps are colored or not. They wouldn't care. So who's going to care about a Polestar 2 having... It's an it's an interesting touch, but to me it's just kind of, it's just kind of pointless. Who, who's going to care about gold colored valve caps? Now, if this thing becomes a classic in the future, that someone's going to care like, oh wow, look at that intention. You know, it's going to show up at a Mecham auction. <laughs> you know, and John is going to say, look, you know, look at that attention to detail. They put gold valve caps. That just shows their you know, their Swedish Swedish obsession or something. <laughs> I don't. Wow, I don't. That's hard to respond to. What the mess? Anyway, I, enough rambling. One of the many highlights of the new all-electric Polestar 2 can be found inside, as it will be one of the first production cars to come with an Android info infotainment system. So basically, for those of you who are confused about, you know, well, they have out, you know, Android Auto and Apple CarPlay, you know, what the mess does this mean? I think what this means is that it's not it's not going to be you know because i think android auto is a compatibility thing you know to get in an android like uh ui and that sort of stuff into your car via you know a third-party app you know because automakers have to support android auto or apple carplay i think what this means with the with the android infotainment system is that it's an android from the get-go so take SCSU connect okay so later ones and, and again a good handful they're compatible with Android Auto and Apple, I think Apple CarPlay, either way, for the sake of this, well, let's say they are compatible with Apple CarPlay, you know, you add that on later, the, the base system is still the Uconnect system. Well, considering that this is an Android infotainment system, it's an Android outright, you don't need, you don't need to have, you know, Android Auto, because it's an Android system. You know, it's no different from getting, I don't know, like a Samsung phone or something. I, I think that's, that's probably what they mean. Well, in fact, I clicked on the little link because they linked it, whatever, so we'll we'll see how true that is in a moment. But anyway, the new infotainment will operate through an 11-inch touchscreen display and provide an adaptable digital environment that combines your favorite apps and Google services with various vehicle functions. Polestar 2. It should be the Polestar 2, but anyway. Polestar 2 is our first fully electric car and first volume model. 
Everything about it has been designed and engineered with passion and dedication. As an electric performance brand, and through the forthcoming launch of a portfolio of fully electric cars, Polestar, Polestar, or Lord and Savior Polestar, I'm, I'm making that up, is determined to address the world's air quality challenges. Polestar delivers electric performance cars that are great to own and drive. Says Thomas, not gonna try and say your last name, sorry, Chief Executive Officer of Polestar. Other unique features will include the new Pixel LED headlights not available in the US due to legislation, a proximity lighting feature that gives the owner a welcome sequence, frameless side mirrors, and more. As with the plug-in Hybrid 1 Coupe, the new Polestar 2 EV will only, be avail will only be available for order online. Customers will be able to outright purchase the new EV with Polestar to offer a subscription service at a later date. Polestar aims to start production of the two in early 2020 in China for global markets. Initial launch markets include China, the US, Canada, Belgium, Germany, the Netherlands, Norway, Sweden, and the UK. The 2020 Polestar 2 will make its global debut at the upcoming Geneva Motor, Motor Show? Motor Show. Oh, that's what I was looking at. The frameless one. That's not frameless to me. Oh, the frameless side mirror. Oh, wow. Okay, those are frameless. Good grief. Anyway, so let's let's go back to that Android infotainment thing. The Polestar 2 will be the first vehicle from the Volvo family to use the Android operating system for its infotainment system. Volvo recently confirmed that it would introduce Android to its vehicles, but failed to specify which would be the first. Automotive News has since confirmed that the Tesla Model 3 rivaling Polestar 2 will be this model. According to Volvo Research and Development Boss Henrik Green, embedding Google Assistant, Google Play Store, Google Maps, and other Google services into its future census infotainment system is only logical. I am, I am amazed that the reluctance to let Google into the, into the dashboard was there because it seems so obvious now. Why would you ever pick that fight and invest the same amount of money? It would be an endless struggle to make it as good as Google's system. We want to give our customers a fantastic experience where their cards are as seamlessly integrated as any other device. After coming to that conclusion, it was super easy to jump on board with the Android embedded program, Green recently said. Early reports claim that the Polestar 2 will be inspired by the high-riding four-door 40.2 concept sedan unveiled in 2017. Yeah, no kidding, it really is. It really, th think of like the, the 1989 Viper concept and then the 1992. It's basically like that, you know, between the Polestar 2 and that high-riding notchback concept. It's, I'm telling you, it's pretty much like that. Anyway, and then the rest of it don't need to talk about because I just talked about the Polestar 2. So, what are my thoughts on it? Um, I kind of like it. I don't, I don't like the fact that it's high riding because I just, that's not a preference for me, but I do, I actually do really like it. It's, it's also a bit too wide, uh, but if, you know, if they made more, I don't, I don't know if this is a compact car, but if they made compact car or even just midsize, whatever cars like this, I'd actually be pretty pleased. I'd be, I'd be pretty happy because this, I like it. I think it looks good. The taillights I'm not a big fan of because they're just square, flat, and whatever, but I've, I've said it once, and I'll say it again, Volvo's design language has yet to design a bad-looking car, and it's true here on the Polestar. The Polestar 2, sorry. It has vents at the top. Wow, that, those are some horribly placed vents. Yep, those are the worst. That's the worst placement for vents I've ever seen in my life. That's terrible. They, they sit, okay, to, to give you an idea, to help you visualize, okay, the touchscreen that the 11 inch touchscreen is in the middle. And then you have the top, you know, then you have the top portion of the dash. Well, behind the touchscreen and on the top portion of the dash and they're laying flat, 
is the is the air con. So it's not like the Viper where they. So you know the Viper's interior is the same thing. The air the the air vents sit on top of the touchscreen. But the thing is, they come out and they're at a normal angle. They're not flat. They don't lay flat. Okay, they lay. You know, they lay or sit in the dash like normal air vents. And also the touchscreen sits below that. Whereas in this Pulsar, the air vents don't sit on top so much as they sit behind. They sit behind the touchscreen, and they're and they lay flat. Not not quite flush. Definitely not that. Where did it go? Because I just I just lost it. Sorry. You know, again, not quite flat, but base. You know, basically, to to give you an idea, if you were to leave the air vents straight, not angled down, not angled up, but straight, it would probably end up heating or cooling your rear view mirror slash the roof. That that's what they look. That's their placement. Not great, Volvo slash Polestar. Not not very good. That I mean, I'm just how is that gonna work? Isn't the air just gonna get disrupted? Isn't it just gonna get disrupted by the touchscreen? Forget disrupted. What about just outright obscured? Outright obscured by. But that's not. That's really not good placement. Like I said, who's gonna feel it? Because you have to angle them all the way down just to get it to your face, and that's really the only way they're gonna hit you is in the face. Yeah, like I said, not great. But the rest of it. I like it. Volvo's Volvo slash Polestar. Those aren't gold. Those are yellow. Anyway, Volvo has yet to produce a bad-looking car, and Polestar, by extension, hasn't hasn't yet either. I quite like it. You know, like I said, if it was narrower, narrower and shorter, I think it'd be one of the best-looking sedans on the market. No joke. It. I don't know. There's just. I don't think it's anything we really haven't seen before. It's just executed so well. It's just executed so so well. I really like it. Anyway, I hope you all enjoyed me messing up a little bit and rambling. Uh, I will see you all very, very soon. Thanks for listening, and if you're listening slash watching on YouTube, don't forget to hit the little, don't forget to like, sh like, comment, share, and subscribe. And if you do subscribe, hit the little notification bell. That way, you'll be notified every time I upload. Anyway, I'll see you all soon. You've just listened to me probably ramble about some cars, if I'm being honest. If you've enjoyed me passionately talking about lumps of metal on wheels, then why don't you follow me on Twitter at Cody Carr, C-O-N-U-N-D-R-M, or check out my website, www.codyscarconundrum.com, for articles and other car-related content. If you have any questions or would like to become a sponsor, send an email to drtaffy777 at gmail.com and put sponsor in the subject line. Make sure to follow me here or any other platform so you don't miss out on more full throttle content. Thanks for listening. I'll see you all in the next episode.